All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see it? Did you know? But the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms To the line, Hughes, Jones! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. (laughs) Right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That 
will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. Zephyr Epic ships free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50 from... You're going to like this one, Quads. From Burnaby to Burlington. From Burnaby to Burlington, Zephyr Epic ships free. They've got you covered for Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, all of the sports cards. Zephyr Epic has got you covered. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. You can also check out their retail location in Surrey. So go check out Zephyr Epic. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic.com. Zephyr Epic. I'm going to be getting out to the uh, Zephyr Epic store pretty soon. Very nice. I'm going to do some videos out there. I, I talked about that in December, but things have just been crazy busy. But soon, I work seven days a week this week at uh, 6.50, so I can't really get time to get out there this week. But I will be out there uh, hopefully next week. Only work five days next week uh, at Sportsnet. So some videos coming soon. Zephyr Epic. Excited to uh, show the shop off to some people. Fun stuff. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery with your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, it is an exciting day for us. It is a Thursday morning that we're recording this. Usually we try and get these out Tuesday or Wednesday. We're getting this on a Thursday morning. This is the Cami Granado episode. Yeah, a couple of back-to-back games had us push it a little bit. We'll talk a few things about the games. You know what we need? Uh, I noticed when we were in Edmonton, when they do their DoorDash reads on their podcast, they have a little ding-dong thing when you say DoorDash. You need a little uh, a little ding-dong button there. Yeah. To add to your little DoorDash, because you got to put a little oomph on that DoorDash read, I think. Should I just say ding dong? I could do it, maybe. Well, no, let's get a button for it. <laughs> you in the background just go ding dong. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, let's do that from now on. I think that's on. what we should do. Okay, yeah, because I like you to... more involved in the intros. Yeah, I like to jump in on the intros. I'll do the, I'll ding dong uh, your your DoorDash reads from now on. Perfect. That's, that's moving forward from now on. That's what we're doing. Should we do a practice one? Nope. Let's okay. just next Save episode. Next we'll time? see if we forget. Yeah, we'll see if we forget. If that's we a forget, very somebody po- call that's us a out. Very high pos- There's a very high chance that's happening. For sure. I'm okay. going to write it right here on my on my big uh, cities board. Yes. Right. DoorDash, need, ding dong. We need some show notes because we're actually going to be recording, folks. We're recording this at 10 a.m. We're going to get it out so you can listen to it on your drive home at work on Thursday. You know, you could listen to it on Friday as well, but we're going to be back here tomorrow at our usual time recording and we will have an episode out early in the wee hours of Saturday morning. Tomorrow's my birthday. I am very excited. Uh, I'm not expecting to be able to do any work on Saturday, but we've got a show. We're going to be at 6.50 on Saturday. So that should be very interesting. I'm curious if we see the first hangover of your life. Yeah, we'll see. It's a family show, though, so let's not get too into that. Okay. But for sure, there's a very high possibility. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Enough of that. Cami Granado. Hired by the Vancouver Canucks. This is a big hire, Chris. Uh, You have seen her at Abbotsford Canucks games. I have seen her at Vancouver Canucks games. Often, I, I don't think there was a game this season that I didn't see Cammy at uh, watching the Vancouver Canucks, obviously working as a pro scout for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I didn't see her a lot at the start of the year, but it felt like, you know, maybe after she's probably about 10 or 12 home games into Abbotsford, she was at a lot of them. Endless, like, so she was just a, a pro scout for the Seattle Kraken at that point. Obviously, a very smart hockey mind. Uh, probably her life has just revolved around hockey. The The fact that she's, like, like in an absolute hockey power couple with Cammy Granato and Ray, couple, Ray uh, Ferraro, that couple there, like, 
Imagine how much hockey is is talked about in that household. It's got to be ridiculous. And this is this is a very smart mind who listen. When you're a pro scout in hockey, I see two different kinds of pro scouts at AHL games. I see the ones that are putting in the work and the ones that have a retirement job. And Cami Granato was one of the people that was putting in the work. Like she, I don't know what program she had up, but she was one of like when I'm at that AHL games, there's about 10 scouts sitting with me in the press box. I'm the only press who's there. So I'm with the scouts and they'll only be like two people with laptops open doing any work. The rest of the scouts are all there doing their retirement jobs. They're writing down a few things here and there on a notepad, but Cami Granado, I've noticed that she's always punching information into this this program that I've never seen before. Same with Steve Korea. I got a Steve Korea shout out too. He's doing a lot of the same things in what looks like a similar program that I don't even know what's going on with it. It's, it's probably some some high tech hockey program that I obviously don't have access to. But it should be Microsoft Excel. Yeah, could, we just haven't worked. Well, on hey, Excel I don't enough. use Excel, so <laughs> could be. But no, I mean, like Granado's actually putting in the work and not just there to. Not like some of the other yeah, scouts that just chit chat. And I think that's impressive. I don't know how much I don't know her background exactly into giving her a role as an AGM. Maybe you can help fill me in with some of that. I just know that it's another smart hockey mind, and I think it's a way that the Canucks are really starting to put together a a front office that's gonna have some strong voices who are gonna make decisions tough for people. And I think if you're making the decisions tough, that's when you're gonna get the best outcome out of those decisions because you're challenging each other's thoughts. You're going to be putting a lot of smart hockey minds in the same room and letting them think out a problem and find a solution together. And when you find that solution with this many good hockey minds, I mean, this is such a different look than what we saw at the previous regime where I'm excited to see ideas challenged. I'm excited to see conversations between the, these minds that they've brought in for the AGMs and the general manager and the analytics group that they've have now and they've assembled. It's, it's an exciting, like, I'm very excited to see. I, I knew when Jim Rutherford came in that there was going to be some smart people join the front office. I didn't think it was going to be like this. I've been very impressed to see some of the people that he's been able to bring in. And and from what we've heard, you know, from Emily Castellan Gay was a good example of it, talking about it. Like, it was all about the vision that that Rutherford was able to pitch to them and sell them on to want to make them come here to Vancouver. So the group that's come here, you know, with Clancy and now with Granado, it's, it's exciting. Like you should be excited for what this group is going to bring as a brain trust now as a front office. Absolutely. And similar to your point, like I, I know there, there was, there's people obviously out there being like, well, what, what are her qualifications? And I just want to say like, folks, everybody you've talked to about this hire, everybody we've talked to at least about this hire and the other hires that have been made by the Vancouver Canucks recently have all been like, okay, that is a great hire. This is a very, very smart hockey mind. You didn't get that same reaction with the past management regime. Like when John Weisbrod was hired, nobody was going, oh yeah, they got John Weisbrod. Now they're going to get Mark Jankowski 2.0. Like, no, that, that wasn't a thing that happened. So, you know, she was a pro scout. Obviously, she's Team USA's leading goal scorer. So she's bit, like you said, been around the game her whole life. This is what. President of Hockey Operations Jim Rutherford had to say about the hire. He said, Cami is a tremendous leader and has earned the respect of the hockey world. Very true. She has a great mind for the game and experience and influence at all levels. In her role, Cami will oversee our player development department and our amateur and pro scouting department. Cami's input will also be included in all areas of hockey operations as we leverage the diverse opinions and experiences of our new leadership group to build a winning team. Again, 
folks, this is all about winning the Stanley Cup. That is what this management regime's goal is. And if that doesn't excite you as a Canucks fan, I don't know what will because the past management regime had very clear goals. Actually, they weren't even clear at the best of times that they just wanted to make the playoffs. If you just get in, maybe something happened. And maybe a best case scenario, we can become the Montreal Canadiens. And look how that's going right now. So the Cami Granado hire, a good hire. Top to bottom. Uh, we're excited to see uh, see her join the organization. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, what she's able to do in that role. And just, again, kind of going into her role a bit more. We chatted with Chris Gear uh, not too long ago about what John Weisbrod actually did. And Chris Gear said uh, he had departments reporting to him. And he had pro scouting. He had amateur scouting. So basically, Cami is the new John Weisbrod. Emily Castonke is the new Chris Gear. Again, Emily is dealing with the cap. Uh, she has the law background, the law degree, all that sort of stuff. And she's a former player agent. She's got all of that in her back pocket. She's basically going to be the legal expert for the Canucks. That's what Chris Gear used to do. Uh, I, th- I think he'll be okay with us joking about how he once told us to take away uh, a sponsored segment we had because it infringed on the Canucks right to have sponsored segments, uh, which is very funny. And now he works for Nation Network, which was just uh, very funny. But basically, Emily is going to be uh, the AGM in the role of player contracts, uh, all that sort of legal stuff. And Cammy is going to be more similar to what John Weisbrod did, except now we actually know what she's going to be doing. It's not going to be a mystery uh, what she's actually doing. So again, uh, amateur and pro scouting department and player development. So again, basically this is Ryan Johnson's new boss. She, he's going to be reporting to her. Uh, she's probably going to be in the role of basically, I don't want to use the word, the term keeping him in check, but you know, making sure everything's working out Um in Abbotsford that things are following the right plan and who knows like maybe we do see a coaching change that's been something that's been talked about a lot is what's going on in Abbotsford where are the prospects being developed and again I I know it's not on all it's not all on Trent Cole and the coaching staff down there but what really do the Canucks have to show from their farm team well we won't get into that too much but again Cami Granato hired by the Vancouver Canucks it's a hire that we both like yeah I'm super excited to see I just I wonder if they're done. Like I don't know. They're not done. I don't they're think not done. they're done. I I'm wondering if it's Ryan Johnson though. Is Ryan Johnson the final AGM? That's a great point because there's been long, long. Um, it's it's long been rumored that Ryan Johnson is going to get a promotion under Rutherford because Rutherford name dropped him on multiple occasions, right? Right. But the roles are running running thin for Ryan Johnson. I've been told by somebody who doesn't make stuff up that. The Canucks aren't done yet. And I think Irfan Gaffar actually reported this publicly, so this isn't me doing an original report, I guess. Um, but I, I have also been told that the Canucks aren't done yet. They still want to add to their management group. Uh, again, we're recording this at 10. Cami Granado is going to be speaking to the media at 11 a.m. today. Uh, so once she does that, we'll have an article up at Canucks Army. So you won't hear it on this podcast. Maybe we'll include some audio from it tomorrow. I think she we'll has, get some audio for yeah, tomorrow for we'll sure. We'll get some audio from it for Saturday's podcast because, again, we're going to have Harmon Dial in on the Saturday episode. This was more just a midweek episode. We wanted to just at least get the reaction of Cami Granado getting hired by the Vancouver Canucks and kind of just throw that out there. Uh, we also have a couple games to talk about and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. do you have anything else to add on Cami before we wrap up? No, I mean, yeah, like I said, we want to get it. It feels like we've taken a week off because we had the, we pushed the game the recording here because of the two games. Um, and then we obviously didn't do the show on the weekend there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, good hire in the end here. Uh, it's someone who is a good mind, going to challenge other minds. I think that's something that Canucks fans should be excited about is just seeing 
the brains that they're bringing in, the good hockey minds that are coming in here, it starts with Jim Rutherford at the top. As the president, this is what a president is supposed to do when he comes in and wants to put his stamp on an organization. Look at what he's done. I mean, the firings that have happened since, basically since the the thing started at the top with Jim Benning all the way down to Travis Green, this is a completely different look from a management perspective to a coaching perspective. And to your point, like I don't, I do think that there is going to be some changes in Abbotsford soon. I, I, I've heard a couple of little whispers. Haley Wickenheiser's name has been thrown out. I don't know if you've heard the same thing as potential, like co. I know she's director of player development in Toronto, and I don't know if if she would want to move to coaching. But I, I, I've just I've heard the name as like an assistant coach potentially in the AHL, and I think that would come with a new coach in the H. I don't think she's just going to so, come in and join Trent Cole, but I've heard the name. She hasn't necessarily been linked to Abbotsford. You've just heard that she wants to get into coaching. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, and I think that it would be, it would be interesting. I, I don't know. I know that she's director of player development. And I just, I wonder about coaching down the road. And I've heard there could be some interest there. And, and I think if there is a change to be made in Abbotsford, it's, it's an interesting spot, right? I mean, there's, there's some other names that are out there as well. I, you know, I think a lot of people would love to see, uh, some former Canucks be involved in potentially being an assistant coach in Abbotsford. And I think that that idea is very possible with, with the lack of development and the lack of what we've seen out in Abbotsford. But it's, it's curious to me that uh, a lot of that doesn't get put on Ryan Johnson as well, because Ryan Johnson, I think has done a fine job, but still running that team for a handful of years. Now we haven't seen a lot come out of the HL. So I do expect some changes. I wouldn't be, I would definitely not be opposed to Haley Wickenheiser being involved in some capacity. I know. I I just think that that's is that like a downgrade? Do you think from director of player personnel to assistant coach? That feels like uh, quite the drop down. AHL assistant coach. Yeah, but if you want to get into coaching, you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So it. All and I wonder if she if, wants to get into it. Like I I don't think she's done any head coaching before. That would be a big step to jump right into that role, but. The way the Canucks are building their group right now could be an interesting uh, thing to happen down in the AHL. Would be, for sure. We'll cut to break. It's a bit of a shorter episode today, but we'll cut to break. And on the other side, we'll talk about the past games, talk about Elias Patterson. We'll talk about Jack Rathbone. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. And before we go any further into the episode, want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there at Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Parallel 49 Brewing. I was just there, actually. Went there uh, at the Street Kitchen. It was, man, that place is so good. You go to the Street Kitchen on Triumph Street. And you know what? I went at uh, like 5.15 in the afternoon. It was, it was it was pretty quiet. It was great. There was lots of parking. It was wonderful. It's a summer spot. But it is yeah, a this summer is, spot. This is where you can go in like in summer. It's crazy though. Like, yeah, but the it, place is you packed. Can, you can go there now too. Like it, yeah. it's fine right now. It was great. Well, uh, now it's all indoor too, and I know they're working on the outdoor section again for next year's uh, patio season. Which don't get me started on patio season. Oh. You know I love it. Oh yeah. Both that makes two of us, bud. Yeah, we had so much fun. But for now, yeah, you go inside there. We uh, we took harm there a while ago. We'll get back in there soon. Yeah. When things slow down a little bit. 
All right. Next on our list here, Halak. You've written Halak sucked, which I don't blame you for because I texted you last night when you were writing your Spencer Martin article, which is currently up at CanucksArmy.com. Go check it out, folks. When you were writing that article, I said, hey, can you lean a bit into the Halak sucking part? But in all seriousness, Halak didn't actually suck in that game. He wasn't that bad. Bruce Boudreaux even said in postgame, which I was surprised to hear Boudreaux say, because if I'm Bruce Boudreaux, how can I how can I not love Thatcher Demko way more than I like Yarrow Halak to the point where I don't say anything nice about Yarrow Halak? But he said, he's like, it's the second game in a row where we had a slow start. In the first game, we got bailed out by our goaltender. And in this game, we didn't. And he, only, he even said, he's like, the only one I think Halak maybe could have stopped was the Parise goal, the Zach Parise goal. And that's interesting because I think this it brings it into our next point, which you've very nicely written down here as our next point is defense bad versus the Islanders. And yes, it was, Chris. Why are you ripping on my outline here? I just, no, put, no, the, no. I just put the words in there. You're doing great. You're doing great. You me sound like a caveman the way that I'm writing things down for the outline. <laughs> this is why I should have kept the outline not, to myself. I'm not trying to. No, no, no. You, you know, you don't. You write like a caveman because we're doing like, this. Halak sucks. Defense bad. <laughs> this is how all your Canucks Army articles come into me, and I just okay. have to fill in fill in all the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know synonyms for bad. Why use lot word when few word? Okay, um, Halak didn't actually play that bad. I didn't think. Um, I think the bigger conversation here, Chris, is second game in a row for the Vancouver Canucks to have a slow start. Unacceptable was the word that Captain Bo Horvat used. Inexcusable was the word of choice from defenseman Luke Shen, who we're going to talk about on Saturday's episode. But those are the words that were used to describe the Canucks' start. And it's true. Like, they gave up a 2-on-0 in the first minute. The first minute of that game. And it wasn't like it was Noah Juleson out there. That was with the top pairing out there. The first minute, they gave up a 2-on-0 on Halak, and he made the save. Biggest save of the first period. And then it kind of fell apart from there. And again, I don't blame Halak too much. Again, this is more a product of this team not being ready to play. And they tried to give answers yesterday. Nobody has answers of why they can't start a game properly. Yeah, and Boudreaux, an interesting quote from him in the post game that I heard was him saying that you can't just show up to the rink, put your skates on, and expect to have a good start. Like he was saying that in the NHL, to come in and have a good start in the first period, it's an all-day thing. And that's something that I just I haven't heard a coach talk about that before, but he's bang on. Like it starts with the morning skate, and then we know that hockey players love their naps. It's funny because they're kindergartners, but they love their <laughs> naps. And then after that, they you have to really be in the mindset of getting a good start. It doesn't just start from when you get to the arena. And to hear Bruce kind of say that is interesting because I think that's something that I haven't heard communicated by a coach. I, I wonder how much that is communicated in the locker room or just from a coach to a player, not in the media. But I think that Bruce is the guy who's had so much knowledge in the, in the game of hockey that I think he's going to be able to turn this Canucks team around because start having early starts, having tough starts to, to begin games has been a big problem for the Canucks for a long time, like a, a very long time. If you've been watching the Canucks for man, like as long as I have anyway, since I was, you know, I've been watching the Canucks for like 15 years, probably. And I feel like they've always had bad starts, you know, like that's, that's just kind of how it's been. And, and it, it would be interesting to see if Boudreaux can be able to, to make this team into something that comes out and has really good first periods. Cause I haven't seen that in a long time. And all the time I've watched the Vancouver Canucks, they've always struggled with tough starts. And I also wonder if 
I wonder if that was almost a shot at some of the players who didn't show up to the optional morning skate. Mm. Right? Like, I don't want to single anybody out, but one of those players that didn't show up for morning skate, again, it was optional, was Jason Dickinson. And look, this is a player who has had a tough start in Vancouver, was brought in to be the third line center, has been basically everything but that. He was invisible on uh, Wednesday night. He was. He was. And Unless first, you were up in the press box and you saw him up there. First right? healthy scratch for Jason Dickinson. And again, this is a guy didn't show up to morning skate. All I'm saying, usually when a player is healthy scratched, they are there at a morning skate, especially if it's optional. I almost wonder, and again, this is me thinking out loud and I probably shouldn't even do it, but you have to wonder if the reason for the healthy scratch was he didn't show up for morning skate. Hmm. And it was just, okay, this guy doesn't want to put in the work. He's out of the lineup tonight. Yeah, because that one, it did surprise me a little bit. And Bruce kind of mentioned it after the morning skate when he did media availability. There was going to be a change of forward. I was honestly expecting Huglander because of that late penalty yeah. that he took. I, I was expecting Huglander to be the guy coming out of the lineup because that high-sticking penalty wasn't uh, wasn't a good one. It was at the other end of the ice in the offensive zone, as far away from your net as you can be. I, I was expecting Huglander. I was a little surprised. But he did also say there was somewhat of a load management uh, move. So... I might just be Boudreaux not wanting to start anything in the press, but I do find it interesting that you're right. Like, you know, Dickinson doesn't show up for morning skate, ends up getting scratched that night. I I just don't think, like, Dickinson just hasn't worked out here in Vancouver, and I wonder if he's one of these guys who Rutherford and Alvin and, and now the whole, you know, hockey hockey ops groups that's evaluating this roster, now Cammy Granato added to it. I wonder if there's a way to... You know, just say like, you know, things didn't work out with Dickinson. Let's see if we can swap him for a third somewhere else. That's what we sent for him. Let's get another third back into our group. S- clear up some of that cap space that they really need so bad. Because Dickinson's not on a bad contract. I think there could be teams that that could use a guy who can bring a lot of defense. Like, he, he's good defensively. Like, he, you know, Harm said it on the show a couple of weeks ago. That he reminds him of Louis Erickson. 2019-20 Louis Erickson. Right. And, like, the that's, that's the top, you know, the top six Louis that... That played with Horvat and was good defensively. There, there are actually a lot of similarities there between Dickinson and I'd wonder if another team would be interested in him. He's on a three-year deal, making good money at two point six five, I believe. Like not, not something that's going to hurt you. He's the type of guy you could add to your wing and uh, on the third line. But if he can play center for you, that's even bigger too. Like the like teams would pay to have him if he can play center on your third line. He just hasn't been able to do it in Vancouver, and, and I wonder. If he's a player that you should maybe keep an eye on, maybe not this year at the trade deadline, but maybe in the offseason, that's something that the Canucks management wants to look into. But yeah, things just haven't worked out with Dickinson. And there's been times where like I think Dickinson does get himself into chances, you know, to actually score some goals. He just doesn't have the like he really just can't finish. Like really can't like, he is the perfect example of a guy who can't finish. He gets himself into a lot of these positions to score a goal. Like I, I do think he he's he's like he's going to the net hard. He's gonna stick on the ice, but then like the puck gets there, and it's just like the opposite of Alex Burrows, who was always able to you know when the puck hit his stick, he was gonna get in the back of the net. That's why he played with the Sedins because it worked so well. I tell you what, if Dickinson played with the Sedins, the Sedins wouldn't even have their jerseys up for the rafters because <laughs> Dickinson wouldn't have been able to finish anything, no matter how good the passing was from them. Like he just can't finish. And that's a real struggle to have for a guy who wanted to add more offense this year. That's such a good quote. (laughs) 
If Dickinson played with the Sidians, they wouldn't even have their jerseys up in the rafters. All right. All right. Sorry. I don't know why I can't get over that. That's so good. All right. What else you got here? Let's Rathbone talk. What are we going to do? No, you wrote Pedersen back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He just, you get what I'm saying though, right? Why do you got to read my, I'm in such a giggly mood today. Okay. Elias Pedersen. Is it safe to say he's back, Chris? Because the last time people said this, I said, I don't think he is. And I think I was right. Because he struggled for a few games after that. Last night, though, I'm a little more comfortable saying he's back. Again, in pregame media availability, Elias Patterson said, I finally feel like myself again, which is something that fans were really hoping to hear him say at some point this oh, yeah. season. Um, and then that game, dominating. Like, well, maybe not dominating, but controlling play, controlling the puck the way that we're used to seeing from him. Creating offense, playing on a line with Silly Putt Coles and Nils Hoaglander. Again, you'd like him to not be on the fourth line, but still, he, he was playing pretty well last night. And I tell you, that line, man, I love that line. I don't care how bad everyone says Nils Hoaglander is defensively. That line is going to create offense. That line is, go- once they get in the offensive zone... They're going to do some exciting things. They're going to make good passes. All three of those guys can shoot. You saw Huglander ring one off the bar last night when it felt like the Canucks almost you know, made a little push there. Huglander rings one off the bar at that point, too. And I mean, Pedersen, real like Pedersen's goal that he scored was different than the ones that we've seen before. There's a there's a confidence there to, to go to the net hard, beat Sorokin. And yeah, yeah. Like, I'm thinking he's very close to back. He's almost had a point per game over his last 10. He's scoring a lot of goals. The thing is, though, like, there are still fumbles of the puck. Like, he isn't back in in 100%, but he's back to putting up points. But he's not back to where the conversations were starting to be had about him being one of the top centers in the league. He's scoring goals, which is great. Like, you're putting up points, you're scoring goals. That's awesome. But I don't think we're at the point of getting like conversations of him being, you know, a top ten, top fifteen, even top thirty yep. center in the league right now. You got to be able to to get back to just controlling the puck like we've seen him do in the past and little things like that. But defensively and, and offensively, just with the stats that he's putting up offensively, it, it seems like he's back. Defensively, I've really liked his play. Like man, he's he's committing to to being down low, getting on the boards in his own zone. A lot of really good things from Patterson, breaking up a lot of passes in the slot, getting his stick on sticks and, you know, killing penalties as well. Seeing him out there with JT Miller the other day where they almost had a two on one at the end of uh, the game against uh, the Arizona Coyotes on a penalty kill. Like a lot of things are back, but it's weird. Like the defensive game is there. The scoring is there, but the in-between stuff, like the neutral zone stuff where we see him carry pucks through the neutral zone, deke a guy, gain the zone, get a shot off. That part's still missing, and I think that part's so important that, yes, it's good for him to put up the points and be good defensively, but if he can now just get that that neutral zone efficiency back together where he dominates in neutral zones and make, forces turnovers and, and is able to deke one or two guys as he f- cuts through the neutral zone, I'll tell you, that's when, that's when you're going to start to be excited. But the points right now are really good, defensively really good. Once he puts it all together, and I don't think we're far away from that, you know, we're going to be at that point of talking about Pedersen being on again. Do you know what the biggest sign for me, Chris, that Pedersen is at least close to being back other than him saying, I finally feel like myself again. I think the biggest thing was the fashion in which he scored that goal. Again, that's a power move to the net from below the goal line in the corner. 
I'm sorry, but Pedersen this season didn't have the confidence to try stuff like that. Right. But he did. It was it was a hard-working power move to the net, used his stick-handling ability, which we know he has, to tuck the puck past Ilya Sorokin. I wrote Varlamov in all of my, my entire post-game report last oh, night. Oh, no. And then I looked down. I was like, wait, that's Ilya Sorokin. And I don't know why I thought Varlamov was starting. But in the third period, it's I hard to it. see from the press box, man. You need the. I, I, I don't wear my glasses either, which yeah. is probably, you know, people will tell you that all you do up there is my Tyler drink, Myers take. You drink water all the time up there. That's all you end up doing. I, I crushed two. You'd be proud of me. I crushed two brisk lemonades last night. Oh, really? You're on the yeah. sugaries. Dude. Well, okay. they're low in sugar. The the mm, brisk lemonade. Yeah, no, no, no. The, Wait, actually, lemonades or iced tea? Iced tea. Okay. Iced tea. Sorry, it's iced tea's iced tea high in lemonade. sugar. I know, but it's lower than the Pepsi's and stuff. No way. You got passed to Bullis there drinking three Pepsi's a night. Yeah, Bullis is out of control. Bullis, yeah. Like, Even I mix in a ginger ale. I'll have a Pepsi and a ginger ale. Healthy, but let's let's. I still crush my. Don't water. throw Bullis too far under the bus because they're mini cans. They're no. like the mini. No, Bullis. Really? Bullis will drink. Like two mini cans and a big can, and wow. they don't even have the mini cans in the press box anymore. I don't know. Maybe Aquilini is really buying into you what, the whole. You got to invest in the in the team thing. Well, that's what I was going to say. I went down happy. to. I did the Canucks hour with Drance on uh, Monday and Tuesday, so we went into the broadcast gondola, and I get into that they got a full fridge. Well, no, a mini fridge, but like a full, like yeah, pretty yeah. big mini yeah. fridge. And it was stuffed with what man? They had Orange Crush, they had Ginger Ale, they had Pepsi Diet, Pepsi Coca Cola. They had all, everything in there. And that's just and, John Garrett's fridge. And they were the big cans. Yeah, I say this is what you know. Broadcast is the way you get into. Speaking of my, call, I had a couple calls yesterday on the Abbotsford Canucks. Almost want to play them. They were so good. They were, I, they were solid. I heard them. Did you hear was the a- the Giuseppe one? I didn't. Oh, I said from the frozen aisle. Di Giuseppe on International Pizza Day. Barry's was it International one. Pizza Day yesterday? Yep. Wow, that's a good call. You're good at color. I'm not going to pump your tires too much, but I, colors where I think I, yeah. all my skills in the in you know in this podcasting content, I feel like colors where I fit. If we were I a like pod, if we were a play, if we were a play by play duo, I would 100 percent be the play by play. Oh, I would never be able to do play by play. It's too fast, and yeah. you got to know all the players' numbers that come in. No way. I'd have to wear my glasses for that. But uh, I'm gonna ask you. The goalie from the Tucson Roadrunner yesterday, I saw his name and I said, I ain't saying that. I don't even know. I didn't say it once. <laughs> like whatever his name was, I didn't try it. I didn't try to say it once on the broadcast <laughs> yesterday. All right. Was there a padlock on that fridge in the broadcast booth? No, just to get into the broadcast area there no, was. No, on the fridge. Was there fridge? a fridge? No, lock? it was good. There was no lock? No. There's a lock on the one in the media lounge. Yeah, you can't go there in the afternoon, I know. No, I go for morning skate sometime, go work in the press box. Padlocked shot? No. All right. Hey, quick. So let's get it. Rathbone talk and let's get out of here. Should we save the Rathbone talk for Saturday? Okay. We're 33 minutes into this. Yeah. We're going to no, have a big was, episode on Saturday. Just quickly. Sure. Defensively last night out in Abbotsford. So good. Yeah. Multiple two-on-ones that he was forced to defend against while on the power play. Broke up every single one. Every single pass that went across. Like there was two two-on-ones while he was on the power play. And he broke up the pass on both of them with the stick. Like he, he knocked he, the one he slid down onto his stomach and he just stopped the puck with his stick. And then the second one, uh, he stood on his feet while he was, uh, you know, skating backwards and just knocked the puck out of midair on a saucer pass. Like Jack Rathbone was really good. He talked about wanting to be better defensively. He was excellent on Wednesday night out in Abbotsford. That's all I'll say. I'll save some more chat for, uh, when harm joins us tomorrow, but we'll get some quotes from, uh, from Cami Granado. 
Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow, uh, and I'm excited. We'll get Harm on the show. It'll be a regular Saturday episode for everyone. A little bit late in the week putting out this one, but uh, we had a couple games to break down, and uh, obviously got a big hiring here with Granado joining the group as an assistant general manager. So good little uh, late episode. Next week, we're right back into it, man. Next, you know, we're coming back. We got an episode Saturday. Then we're going back to Tuesday and Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. We got to get rolling back this whole you know, you and I went to Edmonton and freaking, gee, I tell you, I freaking worked a lot. The articles I was pumping out there, too. Yeah, and you've done nothing this week. Are you kidding me? I'm just joking. You're, just, you're pumping my article today. I did a yeah, it was post good. game yesterday. It was good. It was good stuff. Yeah, you did color commentary and then wrote an article about the game you did color on. You don't see John Garrett doing that. I don't see John Garrett doing that. No, all I see him doing is drinking those mega cans <laughs> of freaking Coca-Cola and Orange Crush. How can we be mean to John Garrett? I can see Cheech being an Orange Crush guy. Oh, yeah. I think that's his style. Oh, yeah. We got to have him on the show soon. They had mug root beer in there, too. Those that might solid. be that might be Cheech's go-to. We'll yeah. ask him that next A&W time. A&W root beer. I bet he likes A&W more. We'll have che- we haven't had Cheech a man on in a while. Class. We haven't. We have not. We got to have him on. him on soon. We'll have Cheech on soon. All right. We'll close it out there. We'll be back on Saturday with a fun episode. We're going to have Harmon Dial in studio. Uh, Hopefully. Folks, I said 9.30 recording, Harmon. I still ain't got no idea. He might not be awake he's yet. He's not awake yet. It's 10.34 no on, chance, a t- no. on a Thursday. There's yeah. no way he's awake. All he right. doesn't even know Cami Granado's been hired yet. No, that's true, yeah. He'll find out by listening to this podcast. There we go. <laughs> All right. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?